Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined this week by Justin Martinez. Justin, filling in for Jacob here on the show. Justin, your first uh, your first experience covering a game from the OSU side of things. You've covered some bedlams, but uh, but now you're on the on the other side. We'll get your uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State uh, just uh, a little while ago completed a 43 to 30 victory. Over uh, over Houston at Houston, very interesting game. Lots to talk about, uh, but but Justin, we'll start a very broad, uh, wide question. But your your thoughts in general on this Oklahoma State team? Yeah, first time, obviously, like you mentioned, got to cover a few uh, bedlam saw them a few uh, weeks ago. But um, you know, feel like I came in at a pretty uh, interesting time. This is an opportunity for them to try to get a bounce back game um, after last week, and. Um, you know, Gunny had described this as like a culture win, so I feel like I came in at the right time and got to see a, um, a pretty cool, um, pretty cool performance by the Cowboys this week. Yeah, it was it was very interesting, uh, really good for for the last two and a half quarters or uh, uh, two quarters and a, and a couple of minutes. Um, but sitting there in the second quarter, they get the safety when Ollie Gordon gets t- tackled in the end zone. They're trailing twenty three to nine at that point felt like nothing had gone had gone right other than uh, other than the one touchdown drive they had been able to, to scratch out even that they had the extra point blocked so um, it felt I know you weren't you weren't in Orlando with me last week but uh, it, it felt like things were kind of crumbling for this team didn't it yeah I think uh, I think Gundy had said all that was missing was the rain pretty much compared to, uh, compared to last week but um, yeah you're starting to get to that point where you're wondering okay is, is, um, is Houston gonna start to run away with it here um, just like last week, and then, you know, you get the Trey Rucker interception. Uh, that sent them up at, I think, about the 22. They scored two plays later, OSU does, um, end up scoring 10 unanswered points to end the, uh, the first half. And just like that, they're right back in it. End up going 27 unanswered points for the whole time and uh, just really never looked back after that. Yeah, really pretty crazy to see them make that turnaround after going, uh, you know, all of uh, all of last week just looking uh, looking mediocre at best and and very out of sorts and then then deep into the second quarter with not really showing a whole lot of life and then and then Rucker intercepts that that pass and it was like the uh, the light bulb just came on um, we got to see uh, you got to see Jaden Bray score his first touchdown in a while uh, you know that was a, a really important return to, to have him back on the field for this team uh, because they are dealing with depth issues at receiver, uh, he made a really impressive play on that fade to the uh, to the corner of the end zone for their first touchdown. Which you called, by the way. I did. <laughs> I I called that one. I, I I don't know. People were asking me to make more predictions like that. I, I couldn't 
couldn't do that. Uh, other than late in the game, I could have I could have predicted some Ollie Gordon runs, but that was about it. Um, but something about that formation when they came out onto the field out of that stoppage, and and Bray was way off, separated way left outside, and had, they had no safety help over the top, and you could just feel it was a perfect one-on-one opportunity, and and they went right to him. Bowen makes a great throw. Bray makes a great catch, and uh, and they were on the board. So, and then they had almost an identical play after the interception uh, to Leon Johnson the third got his first touchdown as a uh, as a cowboy, which was uh, which was a really big deal. So, really uh, really solid uh, help from the receiver core that has been dealing with a lot of injuries, and we haven't even talked about the big one, which of course is Brennan Presley. Um, your uh, your impressions of, of him because he had quite a game 15 catches 189 yards just pretty ridiculous for him yeah I mean my first full game covering OSU and talk about a uh, strong burst impression by <laughs> Mr. Brendan Presley like you said 15 catches 189 yards 15 receptions is uh, second uh, for OSU in, in program history for catches in a single game behind uh, Alex Lloyd in 49 1949 uh, some really strong pops from defenders, and and that that kid bounces right back up all the time. It's it's really impressive. And one where he got hit as he was catching the ball, the ball pops up and he's able to grab it and, and haul it in. Still, um, just all the way around, really impressive performance. Also very important because of the way that Houston was using their safeties. It was making the run game really difficult for for Ollie Gordon. Nine carries for 38 yards at, at halftime, and um, you know, had, as we mentioned, they had the safety where he was, they were on the three yard line, and and uh, linebacker came right up the middle, uh, completely clean, and, and hits him as soon as he gets the ball a yard deep in the end zone, um, and it uh, it felt like it was going to be like last week, uh, a week where he was going to have trouble getting going, uh, but they did enough with Presley that. Houston had to mix up some things they were doing with their safeties. Uh, Oklahoma State was able to find some some running room, and, and then you got to see uh, you got to see some uh, some more traditional Ollie Gordon as well. And let, let's see what he can do when he gets into the open field. Yeah, I mean Ollie mentioned after the game. I mean it's no secret that teams are going to make a, a real effort to say, hey, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us because we don't want Ollie Gordon to beat us. You know they're going to be stacking the box, um, which is just as you would expect for a guy like Ollie, but. For him to really get going, you know, still finishing 25 carries, 164 yards, uh, three touchdowns as well, including one on the uh, their last drive to um, to help really put it away. Just really strong performance by him, even though obviously teams are going to plan to stop you. Um, you know, still managed to really do his thing today. Yeah, I, I didn't go check on any other running backs around the country. Uh, the North Carolina guy was was in second behind Ollie. In, uh, in in yardage uh, for the season, uh, but 164 probably going to keep him, I would think, in uh, in first place, leading the country in uh, in rushing yards. He was also uh, leading Power Five uh, players in all-purpose yards. Uh, 
so we added another uh, another 18 receiving yards today. So uh, you know, up in the, uh, uh, the over 180 for his his yards from scrimmage today to, to help boost that total as well. So uh, we'll see where exactly he stands. Uh, obviously, the win. The, uh, the, the really important factor there in terms of this team trying to stay alive in the Big 12 title race, and they are uh, in really good position. Uh, Texas held on and, uh, and won their game. Kansas State and OU both won. So the, uh, the, the tiebreaker scenario that is ideal for Oklahoma State, which is, of course, taking advantage of their wins over Kansas State and OU, is still in play based on what happens next week. And Texas plays a Friday night game. OU also plays on Friday. So OU will have a, uh, or excuse me, OSU will have a very clear picture of where things stand for them in terms of, uh, of the Big 12 title game hunt. Uh, and, you know, assuming Texas wins, OSU is basically looking at a, at a, a win and you're in. And, and you heard Mike Gundy talking about it. But uh, getting to a Big 12 title game, really big deal for this program. Yeah, and I mean, especially the way that they started off this season, for them to have bounced back the way that they have. You know, obviously last week was one uh, that was a setback for them, and it looked like it could have gone that same way this week as well. Um, and all of a sudden, you're just looking at a two-game losing streak where maybe the season starts to get away from you again. Uh, but for them to bounce back the way that they did in this one, uh, definitely think it is uh, warranted for Gunny to have said that this was a culture win for them for sure. You know, this this felt like like almost like the whole season wrapped up in, in in one game. You had you had some really ugly stuff early, and they they get it going. Defense was was very much the same way. Um, they had uh, you know got hit with some big plays early. They were they were getting hit with quite a few in the in the the twenty plus range, including two touchdowns. One being the twenty eight yard throwback to Donovan Smith, the quarterback for on the trick play for a touchdown, and uh, and he had the sixty yarder to Jonah Wilson uh, early for the uh, for the touchdown. They also had the the pick six that went uh, you know, that was not on the uh, not on the defense, but. Um, but then they uh, they were able to, to to reel it in and 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 once again like we talked about earlier it was it was kind of the Trey Rucker interception that that sort of flipped the switch for the defense as well. Yeah, five straight drives after that for Houston that ended up in punts. Um, seemed like the defense really settled in. Obviously, a play like that is a real momentum shifter, especially when you're heading into halftime. You're just searching for something uh, to kind of get you going, and they really did uh, keep it going after that. You know, Nicholas Martin I think did a really good job. Um, Twelve tackles, which was a team high for them. In this game, also three tackles for loss, which is a career high for him. Uh, so really good job getting pressure. Um, also a sack on top of that as well for him. So, yeah, I just thought that this defense really settled in after that uh, Trey Rucker interception. It seems like everybody that we talked to, whether it was offense or defense, kept going yeah. back to that. Alan Bowman said that was a real turning point for him. Um, you know, obviously Nicholas Martin as well. So, yeah, it was really just one of those moments you can kind of point back, uh, look back to and point at and say that's kind of where the, uh, the tide started to, to change there for him. And and with Martin, obviously, I, I I know you wrote a little bit about about him with his his tackles. I think it was maybe his fifth double digit tackle performance of the season. Um, but uh, but he has uh, he's earned the nickname uh, the heat seeking missile or just the missile for short. Yeah. And uh, you got to see that his his closing speed is is impressive. It's something else. He actually got asked afterwards um, how he feels about the nickname, and uh, <laughs> I mean, he got a good laugh out of it. I mean, he definitely is fitting. This is obviously 
uh, one of my first real introductions to seeing him. And I mean, it's something that really just jumps out when you watch it. It's just how quickly he's able to close out. Um, seems like he just finds a way of, of being wherever the ball is at. He just knows how to get there. Um, perfect timing. And it's just, um, yeah, it's a really impressive performance by him. Uh, Alex Hale was uh, perfect three of three on field goals. Did have the, that one extra point that got blocked. But, um, and it, it, it sounded like that was probably on him. It sounded like it came out low. Uh, not necessarily, you know, it was a high snap and maybe it got the timing off a little bit, but, um, but yeah, the, a correctable issue and he was perfect on his field goals, two of them over 40 yards, uh, which is, uh, an area where he's been, uh, fairly reliable this year. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I'll let, I'll let you tell the story because I know you wrote about this as well, but Gundy's story of, of trying to find him on the sidelines late before the final touchdown they were uh trying to set it up for a field goal there and uh and it sounded like he had a little bit of trouble finding it yeah he was looking around because i mean he had pretty much said that you know they're looking to kick that field goal make it two possessions seal the game i think there was about maybe two minutes of change left in it they're already inside the 10 yard line at that point and um he was trying to find alex who could ask him you know where do you want to place the ball uh do you want it left side middle right side we'll just tell ollie to run wherever you want the ball place essentially um, they couldn't find him on the sideline, and eventually they knew. And uh, Alex walks up to uh, to Gundy, and he pretty much said that he looked like he was just uh, just on on a brunch on a Sunday. Just how <laughs> casual uh, Alex was, and um, he was just like, "Yep, middle's fine, fine by me." Just as nonchalant as casual as can be. Obviously, Ollie ended up scoring um, on that run up the middle, uh, which was supposed to set up the field goal, so they didn't actually need him in that instance. But still, three for three on field goal tries. I haven't seen how the rest of the uh, the nation, how it all shaked out this week, but I think he's going to end up at the top um, lead in the nation in field goal makes this season 24 uh, to his name right now. Um, so, yeah, just as, as calm, cool, calm, collected as can be. Uh, just a really solid performance aside from the, the hiccup on the point after attempt, of course, today. Yeah, and it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm a, a voter in the Luke Rosa Award, and the, the semifinalist ballot is out right now. And he's one of uh, I think there's 15 guys uh, on the ballot right now. Um, we're voting it down to three at this point. Um, you know, he's uh, I want to say 24 of 30, maybe. From, I'm going all the so, yeah. um, so he's got more misses. Uh, than uh, than some other guys. There are other guys that uh, you know have better percentages overall. Uh, but you look at his numbers from beyond 40, beyond 50. He's really solid. And um, you look at his overall production. He's uh, like you said, higher than, uh, than than anybody else that's that's in the running. There are some guys in the in the semifinalist uh, category that have only made like 14 field goals coming into this weekend. So. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how different voters weigh different things, and there's a lot to look at when you're uh, when you're doing that. And, um, you know, some of the things that, that I that I do look at is is you know what you're doing with your opportunities, what your uh, you know your your over 40 and over 50 numbers look like, and, and different things like that. Now, there's some other, there are some guys that are that are really good in in all facets, uh, and but uh, but Alex Hale is is right in that mix. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, where it shakes out for him. It's two years in a row with uh, OSU with a, a field goal kicker uh, on the, uh, the, uh, the semifinalist list. Tanner Brown uh, 
was actually I, I actually I had him on my on my top three last year. I don't know what I'm going to do with Hale just yet this year. Got to figure that out probably tomorrow uh, to get my ballot in. But um, Tanner Brown I thought was deserving of a top three spot. Did not quite make it, uh, but uh, still really uh, really solid. Been really reliable uh, for the Cowboys this year. Alex Hale has so that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. See how that all plays out. Um, all right, Justin, we come to the uh, the end of the show. I normally call this the most important thing I forgot because I always forget something, uh, but I didn't prepare you for that. So uh, I'll just say, is there was there anything else that, uh, that, that that you think that we should have talked about that we didn't get around to? Uh, it's not really football related, but I will say the uh, the barbecue in Houston. Oh, my I'm, goodness. I'm from San Antonio, so I'm from Texas, and uh, love Oklahoma City, but coming back to Texas and getting that Texas barbecue, they had that at the game today. Um, up in the press box. Don't know where it was from. I would love to give it a shout out if I knew the name, but no kidding. The, uh, the barbecue was was on point today. That is for sure. Absolutely was, and 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 that's uh, listen. Oklahoma State puts out barbecue every week, uh, or almost every week in the uh, in the press box for the pregame meal, and it's it's really solid. But I mean, they had they had a guy like like hand slicing the brisket there the chicken was 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 tender and juicy the mac and cheese was fantastic uh i'm not a green beans guy um so i passed on that um but all around really solid meal uh i was really impressed um this was the best seat i've had for a uh, for a college football game maybe ever um obviously uh, it's a smaller stadium. It only holds 40,000, but they also have the press box down below the upper deck um, in, a, in a, a lower section. So you're right above uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the lower bowl and feels really close to the game. I, I, I only used my binoculars like three or four times, and most of those were trying to track Ollie Gordon whenever he had, uh, had looked like he had maybe hurt himself. Oh, we... That's, we really quickly to take it back to football we should address that he was in a walking boot after the game did not uh did not seem to think it was serious he uh it was hard to tell how serious he was being uh when he got asked about it he said if they had a game tomorrow he'd be ready uh but the look on his face suggested maybe that wasn't quite true uh but either way um you know he, he came back both times after after he had to leave the game and and ran really hard so Know, I think it's something that with uh, with some time and, and some treatment will be will be handled rather quickly. So, all right. With that, I'll. Uh, anything else, Justin? I think I think we covered uh, yeah, pretty much everything. I think so. I think so. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for uh, for this episode of the Cowboy Chronicles. Uh, Jacob and I will be back at Stone Cloud on Monday afternoon for our uh, for our next midweek podcast, and uh, and that'll do it for now. We will talk to you next time on the Cowboy. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.